Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we definitely had a chance to chat with a legend. We had Gary Peterson of the band The Guess Who on via Zoom video. Gary was born and raised in Winnipeg in Canada and talks about how he got into music. He comes from a very musical family. His dad was a drummer. He used to see his dad play at different nightclubs growing up. And his dad put drumsticks in his hand at age two. So Gary was a drummer, really a drummer prodigy growing up. He used to play with massive bands that would come through Canada. Gary talks about joining his first rock band at age 11 we hear about how the Guess Who was formed. They actually started out as Chad Allen and the Reflections, which became Chad Allen and the Expressions, because the band that Gary was in, members of his band kind of joined forces with Chad Allen's band, the Silvertones, and then they became Chad Allen and the Reflections, which then became Chad Allen and the Expressions. Because of what was happening with the British invasion and in order to get radio play in the U.S., when they released the single Shaken All Over, they sent the Shaken All Over single to the different radio stations and they wrote Guess Who? question mark on it. And after the success of Shaken All Over and the band getting signed to RCA and putting an album out, that's when they became the Guess Who. So Gary tells us all about the origin of the band and how the band really started to become successful already having a lot of success in Canada prior to signing with RCA and really blowing up in the United States. But Gary has some really, really awesome stories about his brother playing with Neil Young and Neil Young coming over to his house when he was a kid before obviously Neil Young's rise to fame. And uh, we hear all about how he met the guys in the band currently. And he talks a lot about the new album they just released, which is called Plain Demoir. And we hear about all the shows they have coming up with the Guess Who. It's really, really an awesome conversation. And if you haven't heard the new Guess Who album, it is amazing. So I definitely recommend checking it out as well. And you can check out the video version of our interview with Gary on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we would love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with the Guess Who. Hey, Gary, how are you? I'm great, Adam. Where's Tara? Tara is uh, downstairs <laughs> with okay. our kids. My, my, my notes say Adam and Tara. So Yeah, um, sometimes Tara will do it with me. Uh, yeah. Since COVID, it's been a little bit more challenging. Uh, yeah. But I, her and I started this. In 2018 ish, 2017, wow. 2018. Yeah. Um, Where are you located? Uh, we recently moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, you're in Nashville. That's where our guitar player lives. Oh, really? Yeah. We yeah. moved here like February 21. You know what? I, 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 I moved from North Carolina to, to uh, Florida, and I was just this close to moving to Nashville. I'm sorry I didn't do it. Oh, you should have. I mean, yeah. Florida's beautiful as well. We come, we uh, moved here from San Diego. So my family's from San Diego. 
Yeah, uh, San Diego is beautiful. Yeah. Best, we- <laughs> best weather on the continent is San yeah. Diego. Sure. Yeah, they say that. I mean, it's oh, been yeah. hot lately, but it's uh, yeah, it is beautiful there. So I think we have we, a date there next year. I think you do too. I saw that. Yeah. I, yeah. I I think I can't remember where you play. Are you might be playing Humphreys? I don't remember. I, I can't. I can't remember. It's too far away. So, but I, <laughs> I, I we haven't been there for a while. So this is kind. Of, I'm very excited to to visit. Awesome. Well, I love the new album. I think it's so good. When I, I well, was. For, it's great to hear from a young man. It's really cool. I mean, it definitely has that vibe from, you know, like the 70s set vibe. A little, with a little bit of a, a, a twist to it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but like, I don't know. I was just shocked how good it was and just how it, it really brought me back to that era. Because I don't know, other bands I've, I've heard try to do that. And it's just like, OK, this kind of just sounds like. Well, Derek is a very Derek Sharp is a very special talent, and and uh, my job is to bring his talent to the rest of the world. <laughs> well, you're doing a hell of a job along, along with the rest of the guys too. I don't <laughs> mean, but but Derek is kind of the 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 driving force, uh, writing wise and producing wise and and everything. He's amazing. It's for me. I've said this in interviews before, but. In my lifetime, I've been with Randy Bachman and, and Burton Cummings, two awesome talents. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd, I'd have another one in my life uh, at 78 years old. And so I'm very excited, uh, not only about the new album, but we're working on another one already. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. yeah. We, haven't wow. even, we haven't even finished the, the last video from this album. And it, I, I don't know, I guess... When creativity comes, it comes in spurts. And, and I think you, you, you got to grab onto it and ride the whirlwind while, while it's there. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a while since you guys put a record out, right? I mean, well, 2018, yeah, you did one. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult for us because one guy lives in Winnipeg. One guy lives in Toronto. I live in Florida. The guitar player lives in in Nashville, the bass player Michael Devin was living in in, in Los Angeles. So it, it <laughs> we get together on the road, and kind oddly enough, we do some of our work during touring. Oh, uh, is, interesting. Yeah, I mean the the, the video from uh, the King mm-hmm. on the album was done in the backyard of the recording studio in between cuts. No way. The, yeah. the studio that you recorded the album at? Yeah. The Villa oh, wow. I mean, uh, we're, we're doing, uh, we're, we're going on a tour next week. And, and, and then in, in October, we're going to be ending up in Las Vegas. We're going to do the last video there while we're playing at the Golden Nuggets. So we kind of try to maximize all of our time yeah. uh, on the uh, extra projects. We don't have the luxury of, of a, of a really huge band that that has the uh, the the infrastructure to be able to do, you know, it's time for the album now. It's time for the videos now. We have to do it kind of. It's all at once. Yeah, I mean, that's funny that you say you don't have the infrastructure as a huge band. I mean, the the band you're in. I mean, the guess who is like a legendary band that everybody knows. Yeah, you know? but, but I see but, what you're saying though. You know what I mean? Our, yeah. Our, <laughs> 
big time from the band was in the from 1965 to 1975. However, uh, I understand that that the longevity of the band is what is keeping us here. Hundred uh, percent. All the all the great songwriters and guitar players we had in the band, and and we honor them and and their music that they left us. And what we're trying to do is create new music How and try to add to that legacy. That's the, it. The album is really, really good. Like I, I didn't know what to expect going into it, and I put it on, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like you I like, was really shocked like by to, how you like to listen to it. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. I grew up on classic rock and and you know those bands. My dad was a Beatles fan and Zeppelin fan and uh, fan of all the kind of that British invasion and uh, it, just to to sit down and hear something new from a band that I listened to through my dad and being like, whoa, like this band is still doing yeah awesome and, music is is really music, rare. Good music is good music. You know, and and bad music is bad music. (laughs) All of the guys in this band are influenced by all of the artists that the old guys in the band were. I mean, we all listened to the Beatles. We all listened to the Stone, all the British stuff, the 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 Beach Boys, uh, Elvis, uh, Little Richard. You know, all of the Chuck Berry. Mm-hmm. Where would the Stones have been without Chuck Berry? <laughs> You're right. You're right. You know yeah, Zeppelin you know, did the same thing with a lot of those earlier uh, uh, blues, bet rock guitar right. pieces. We're, we're some total of what we listen to. And I believe when you're writing, I'm not a writer. I'm an interpreter of songs. But as a writer, in the back of your mind is all this stuff you've listened to. And who knows when something is going to come forward into something you're writing. I mean, it's just natural. That's what happens unless you're somewhere on a a different planet listening to nothing. (laughs) You're right. 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 It'd be interesting to see what you wrote. That would be right. If you've never heard anything before, they're just like, here's a piano or here's a guitar. Smash around on this. Yeah. Uh, Well, Gary, I want to talk to you obviously the, the about the new album a bit but I, i'm really curious to kind of hear your you know story as far as like getting in and and, and joining with with other guys in the guess who and how the band really uh well, kind of got going yeah randy backman and i met playing little league baseball no and way I, I was a child prodigy and i was already in music from the time i was four years old i met randy when i was about 11 or 12 uh-huh and and he knew who I was because I was a star in Winnipeg. Um, were you just, was, did you start just to even back up further than that? So you, were you born and raised in Winnipeg? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My father was a drummer. And, oh, he uh, was. Okay. So yeah. you started off on drums. He put that- drum, yeah. He put drumsticks in my hand and started teaching me when I was two. I had no memory of that. So. Oh like, my gosh. It's like walking for me. A buddy of mine who plays with a lot of big artists right now, and he he, he tours mainly as a, you know, a, just, I don't want to say a session drummer, but he's like a touring musician. So he can play with, yeah, he plays with like Royal and the Serpent. He's played with this, uh, trying to think, he filled in for Machine Gun Kelly. He's done like a lot of stuff, but he's the same way. His dad was a drummer and he started playing at two. And yeah. he, it, 
and it's really cool to hear that you you know started the same way yeah, I, mean, I played with a lot of old, old acts the Ames brothers the four lads uh, uh, I played at the Chicago theater on St- State Street in 1950 on a show with Peggy Lee Oh, wow. I've done a lot. I mean, my, my history goes back to jazz as how I learned to play music. However, I met Randy. Um, it, he said, I have a band. Would you like to play? My father said, you're going to go play with a guy, a guy with two harmony guitars. And that's going to be your band. He said, you're playing with all these great musicians. And I said, well, yeah, but they're playing rock. That's the uh. music. Are, it was the music of my era, right? Uh-huh. I was older guys. So and was your dad older. in a band or like? Or did, oh, like, yeah. He played, oh. He, played, he played in nightclubs, like one nightclub he played in for 15 years straight. Wow. So you grew up watching him play. Oh, yeah. He okay. me to the nightclub and I'd stay up late and, and, and I'd sit in with the band sometime, you know, like t- t- at 11, 12 o'clock at night you know, <laughs> on a weekend. And and so our, there's pictures of me doing that w- with him, but anyways, so coming forward when I met Randy, we we started the band and progressed to having a band called the Velvet the Velvet Tones, okay. and there was another band called Alan the Silver Tones across the the city. We were the two best bands in Winnipeg. Eventually, those two bands united, and would keep the name. Al and the Silvertones, which became Chad Allen and the Reflections, which became Chad Allen and the Expressions, which became the Guess Who. Guess Who. Wow. Okay. So it really was the uh, amalgamation of two of the best bands in Winnipeg at the time that would form the basis for what you heard on the first uh, single. No way. Oh, so when it came to that first band, you guys, you said you met playing what little league at like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. When, when did and you start Randy, playing Randy like in the band? Violin. Yeah. Randy was playing violin and just starting to play guitar okay. and get involved in rock music and Elvis and, you know, little Richard and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry and all that stuff. So, and, and of course, Buddy Holly. And that's the first band we had was called the Embers. Okay, that was, that's a cool name. Yeah. So, so, so you guys it, played what through high school together, yeah, and then high school dances, car club dances, and community club dances, and all. See, in Winnipeg at the time, Leo Young was also living in Winnipeg at the time. Oh, my really? Bro- my brother was in his band, Neil Young and the Squires, and uh, on a Saturday night at my house, my dad would be getting ready to go to play at the nightclub. I'd be getting ready to go play with uh, Chad Allen and Neil Young would be knocking on the door to pick up my brother. Cause he couldn't drive. He was like 14 years old. To <laughs> play him. So that was a, that was a Friday and Saturday night at my house, three drummers going to work. Oh my gosh. Did yeah. your brother end up staying and playing? Like, does, did he play professionally as well? Mm, it, no. Well, he played with Neil in the early years and then he went on and became, went to university and, he is actually now our CFO for the Guess Who. No way. That's awesome. Kevin and the family. I like that. Yeah, we did. So, <laughs> but really, that's, that's how we started. And like Winnipeg was a hotbed of music because every high school, every junior high, every community club had dances on the weekend. And they had 
live bands. That's a lot of work. Unheard of now. (laughs) That's a lot of work for musicians. I mean, that's why that that it became, there are ties from Winnipeg to BTO, to Loverboy, uh, to the Crash Test Dummies. Uh, A lot of things that came out of Winnipeg, that little 400,000, 500,000 people. But during that time of music, pop music, it was alive with live bands. Wow. Records were only played at home. And so you'd like you'd play a dance and what do a lot of a bunch of cover songs or yeah, we do Polly, we do uh uh the shadows, Cliff Richard and the Shadows, we do and, and even when the Beatles came out, we were doing all their stuff. We heard we heard about them long before they ever hit here, and we were doing their material. Whoa, so, that's so amazing. You see the, the influences that you're hearing in the music. Um, all the guys that were ever in this band listened to the same things. That's why the music is that continuity even up until now. Yeah, because it does sound, it doesn't sound like really anything. Derek, Derek, Derek from Thunder Bay mm-hmm. is 400 miles east of Winnipeg, so really not that far. Paul Schaefer is also from uh, Thunder Bay. Oh, wow. So wow. there's there's a there's like a, a a musical thing going on, you know. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so that's that's kind of like the early history. Today, hip hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. <laughs> 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire. Yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade. Life-size cardboard cutout. <laughs> this is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. When but, it came but, to that first, like you guys did uh, "Shaking All Over," that was the first like that, single that really, I mean, happened for you guys, right? I mean, you—that's almost what turned into the just based on the stories I've read, what became the Guess Who, right? It was like Guess that, Who, this band is right—the guy in the air, the radio, whatever was saying. It was in, important on two levels. Uh-huh. First of all, it was the first we'd had hits in Canada before "Shaking All Over." Oh, okay. It was, it was the first hit that was picked up by an American label in New York called Scepter Records. Mm-hmm. They put it out and it went top 20. Oh, wow. So that was huge. It also gave us our name because we were called Chad Allen and the Expressions at that time. Mm-hmm. However, when they put Shaken All Over out because they wanted to get it played, Amongst all that British invasion music, they didn't think radio stations would play it. They put on the label, guess who, question mark. 
Oh, when they send it out to the radio stations. Absolutely. Demo copies went yeah. out. They started playing it. It became a hit. And then we, we had planned to, okay, the next record, we're going to call ourselves Chad Allen and the Expressions, which is the real name of the band. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You branded yourself. That was, <laughs> that was the end. So, wow. So then it was just the guess who. We're, we're going to have yeah, the thought well, too. <laughs> This jockeys who are playing this record are going, and now you're shaken all over by guess who? It, I love it. That's it. I came from radio. I did radio before I started this podcast, or even when I kind of started in the beginning, I was on the radio mm-hmm. for like 15 years in, Sa- in San Diego and San Francisco. So I I'm, love hearing the radio stories. Yeah. I, it's just, I, I would get so excited if a label like sent me like a CD or a vinyl, like, Instead of just like, here's the download link <laughs> to the songs, like getting the physical thing was, uh, I felt like I was so cool. I'm like, wow, like this is what it felt like to be doing it's this like in the world. 70s, 80s. We are, we're a radio band. Uh-huh. We're learning how to promote music in this new digital world we live in. I mean, yeah. it's, it's entirely different. I mean, before you used to play a record, you used to create a record. And you'd go out on tour to sell the record. Yeah, you exactly. made a lot of money uh, on the record. Now you you do a record and you tour to support the record. It's it's totally you're off- touring to pay off the record. Yeah, <laughs> or or it, it, you know it, it's the record now helps your get touring dates Uh where it's the other way around. You got touring dates to sell the record. Interesting. Yeah. You've watched the, 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 the industry change so much. I mean, to be, it's like, I mean, I'm 78 years old. So this is a whole, I mean, technology, I've got one foot in the old world and one foot in the new world. Right. (laughs) Here I am on, on a, on a podcast, which is what's that? (laughs) <laughs> when Neil Young was knocking on the door, I would say, Neil, hey, we're going to be on podcasts later on, you know. Uh, <laughs> he thought it was like a pee pod or something. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, so, wow. But but it's still music. And, and in the end, and in the end, as the Beatles said, it's all about people and people hearing the music seeing the band and they're the ones that tell you hey we like this you guys are on the rock right track keep going and really it's it when it boils down that's what it boils down to mm-hmm. you said that you guys had some hits in what winnipeg or in canada in general right canada. Be- before shaking all over yeah uh, we were on a uh, quality records we had three albums in Canada before oh, we. Wow. I didn't we, know that. So maybe yeah. were they under chat, uh, chat uh, Allen and the expressions? Is that why yeah. you can't find them on? And actually the first album was shaken all over album. And it was said chat Allen and the expressions in brackets. Guess who? Oh, wow. Album, right. So, so that came out and then, the next Chad Allen one was the blue album. The first one was a red album. Then the blue album came out. It was called Hey Ho, What You Do To Me. 
was recorded in at Scepter Records in New York City. And there were uh, a couple of black writers, young kids, a girl and a guy mm -hmm. that were staff writers there. And they they wrote a couple of songs for that album, which is called Hey, Hey, Ho, What You Do To Me album. Mm -hmm. That was Ashford and Simpson. Oh, okay. I think I found it online. I've never seen it before. Yeah. It's like a blue cover. Yeah. And there's a, yeah. Oh, wow. That's wild. They were like, they were like 50 or like, they sang on the album and they wrote a couple of tunes for it. And then they went on to become prolific pop, pop writers. No way. Yeah. So then the third album in Canada was called um, It's Time. It was a uh -huh. green album. And that was the last album we had on quality records in Canada. The next album after that was Wheatfield Soul for RCA mm -hmm. Records in 1969, which had these eyes on it. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of a but it's time that that was re-released as the guest too, wasn't it? Or what, did you, yes, did you guys yes. re-put it out after? Yeah. The, you know, there's all kinds of people that go back and repackage the past, uh -huh. yeah, but, but I'm just giving you the actual, yeah, no, I, I love that. So I the actual, so that album, yeah. So there, it's time was originally with with Chat Chat Allen the Expressions, and then you know yeah. later you However, just put the guest. Time is an important album because at the same time Chad Allen is the lead singer. Burton mm -hmm. Cummings appears on that album as a keyboard player and sings a couple of cuts. Oh yeah, so like it's like a transitory album like Clock on the Wall, and uh, there's a couple other songs he sang on that album. That looks album. like Seven Long Years. Seven Long Years, correct. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which, which, was, a mimic, which was a mimic written uh, like the animals. It was like a, a copy of, of the animals from England. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And so from that album, that's when the transition happened into that, which became the first RCA album. Right. Yeah. We had met at that time. We met our producer, Jack Richardson, doing a uh, we did a Coke, an album for Coca-Cola, a promotional <laughs> where we were on one half and the Staccatos were on the other half. And the Staccatos went on to become the five man electrical band, which had a hit one hit in the States called Signs. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. Wow. So. so we met our producer there. He produced that album for both of us, but something Jack Richardson saw in us prompted him to say to us, I want to take you to New York and record you. He more, I, I believe he mortgaged his house to do that. And we went no to, way. we went to A&R studios, which was Phil Ramone. Uh -huh. you know, huge. Oh yeah. 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 God, they called him God. We went to that studio and that's where We Feel Soul was recorded. Then then Jack shopped that album and RCA was the only record company that wanted it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So once you so, like, I mean, even getting to the point of having Wheatfield Soul and being in the position to put your record out in front of RCA and and and, and all of that, like prior to that, doing a, a split for Coca-Cola. I mean, it sounded like the band was, you know, you guys are fairly 
you know, successful as, as it was right prior to even getting that. We were very deal. successful. We were the only band in Canada that could travel from coast to coast. And we had our own television show like the monkeys. Oh, really? A, a national show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, we were very successful, but we kept reinvesting, uh-huh. kept, you know, during that time. I mean, the We Feel Soul album, as I told you, was not the first album we recorded in New York. Yeah. The, that Scepter Rex. So we had a taste. We just weren't that successful yet. Okay. So being so, that successful, you were that successful in Canada. In, but yeah. to break it out in the States and breaking in, in into the world, States, worldwide is different. We it was different a, at the time. Yeah. We had a little taste with Shaken All Over. And then we were on several record cables. Uh, Amy Bell Fontana in the, in the States with, with the stuff from Canada that was on those three albums, never did anything until the RCA years. Okay. And then that just, that's when it changed everything. It sounds like. Yeah. 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 So that must've been like, I mean, do you remember, like, do, do you remember like calling your dad or like, a big moment or time, you know, once you signed this big record deal with an American record label, was that like, that must've been such a huge moment for you. Yeah. For me, perhaps it was not, I was already in show business. I had a career before this. Right. Right. So right. Right. I had a taste of that. So I kind of, the, the rest of the guys were maybe more excited than I was. Okay. And not because I was jaded, but, but I was used to the attention from the time I was four years old. <laughs> right. You had I'm already been more, playing with these big bands. Yeah. I'm more interested in playing in the music period, not the, okay. all the stuff that goes with it. However, looking back, obviously you need success to be able to, to, to continue. Uh, it's the way we are today. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it was maybe a little bit different experience there for, than from Randy Burton and uh, Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I so mean, what- I was excited and hopeful. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, we're sitting back in Winnipeg saying, oh, yeah, would it be great to be on Ed Sullivan and, and all that stuff. And, you know, because uh-huh. that's what all the successful bands were doing. But, you know, I, I would probably be happy just playing in a club somewhere at some point playing music. You know, as long <laughs> yeah. as I play with good people, good music, um, that that's kind of where I come from. Yeah. Uh, however, doing it at, at the level we got to was just who knew from Winnipeg, you know, I mean, of all places. And yeah, still, I mean, the, you guys. Still, I mean, I think the band might have had a bigger profile, larger profile, had we moved to L.A. or New York during the the heyday of the man and hung out with all the the media and the the rock bands that were there the guests who never received the notoriety for the amount of records it had that other bands did that that were in la look at what happened to neil young he left right. when it, and he and he really went he went to montreal first and, and toronto then ended up in la and look at his career yeah. So you 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 guys never then left Winnipeg. You stayed never. never. Oh. Till after it was over. 
Interesting. And was it just because you guys you've you in, I think I we mean, felt enjoyed safe. it there? Like you just I, like yeah, I think we felt safe there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, um, it's it's hard to say. I, I think maybe it would be interesting to see the different ending it might have had had we gone to LA. Who knows? I right. Know. You might not have had the yeah, you know, it could have went the other way, right? It I mean if, went, it, things things happen for the right reason. That's why we're still here and you are you and I are talking <laughs> a new album. I that, know. That, who knew that, you know. Okay. But it's funny, I've always been a proponent, no matter what era of the band, if you go back, you'll see I've been in the band the longest. I'm, I know. I'm like the, the, the thread that runs through everything and the catalyst. I like to call myself the catalyst to bring all the, the stuff together. Well, just going off that, I mean, you, you've pretty much played on everything. Yeah, pretty well, that, except that, for, for, one year except for I, what one album or something. Yeah. When I retired, I went, I went, I stopped playing music for a few years altogether. Just, just, just to see maybe that was time for me to do that. And I, I really, my, my wife said, you need, you need to go back. (laughs) She's like, yeah, get back out there. (laughs) (laughs) This is not for you working at the hotel. And and (laughs) I worked at my father-in-law's hotel for a while, did night audit. Oh, really? Insurance, general insurance business with my friend in Winnipeg. And, you know, then, then I, I went back. So I, I missed just a little bit of, of Jim, when Jim Cale put the guess who back, together uh-huh. i had rehearsed with them and then i said you know i don't think i want to do this so they got a different drummer for that one album right it was only for a very short period of time that you weren't yeah right? yeah really not 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 anything significant but you know i've spent uh, m- most of my if i'm 70 if i'm se- 78 now and i joined the guess who at 17 that pretty well tells the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So the 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 current lineup of the band now is the same that was on the the future is what it used to be, or no? Yes. Well, no, no, it isn't. Oh, it's Keep, not. We always get a band, and and it's not even the same today from the album we just did. It seems people are always stealing our people. Oh, oh my! So the so band that recorded the album is different than yeah. now the current lineup that's going to tour. But, but the the core the core is really the same. The the essential people are the mm-hmm. same. Okay. From the future is what it used to be. Um, Sticks took Will Ivankovich. Oh, okay. He was a guitar player. He wrote yeah. some, and he was also the produce, one of the co-producers of the album. Gone. They also, at the same time, took our stage manager. Sticks did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. All right. So, so that we get over that. And <laughs> they're they're really good friends of ours. So I, I'm just I'm just funny. Uh, you know, they're such a great band, and and Will and and Scotty the Rottler is is who's the guitar tech for Tommy Shaw. Um. Um they're great people and they, and they went to a great, great band. I think uh, Tommy Shaw and, and Derek Sharp are very good friends. I think they may be on holidays together now with their wives right now. 
Oh, really? We do that quite often. Yeah. 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 I had JY on the the podcast before. People I've ever met in my life. And we just, we love the people from Sticks and the whole organization and admire uh, what they have done and kind of look to be the same, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I had JY on the show like two years ago. He's, He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so we go and do this album, Plant de More, and all of a sudden, the dead daisies steal Michael Devon from us. <laughs> so, so I guess we, we have really good people in the band is what's, it's what's happening. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. they're poaching your, so, your players. Yeah, so, so uh, our new bass player um, is going to be Greg Smith who played with um, um, the rocker from uh, Detroit. I, I just forget his name now. Guitar player. Anyways, okay. uh, and also with uh, uh, Tommy James and many, many, many groups. Greg Smith is is going to be the, the bass player for the near future. Um, and hopefully, probably permanently, I, I would guess. And on the new uh, album you guys are going to work on? <laughs> yeah. He will, he will probably be on the new uh, album that we're working on now. If you're an independent artist, you may know the struggle of you got these great songs. How do I get them in front of record labels, radio DJs, get them on Spotify playlists? How does this happen? Well, friends, this is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm going to tell you about this amazing website called Drop Track. Drop Track will get you a free press release for your music with the new AI-powered PR agent from Drop Track. Drop Track has helped thousands of independent musicians actually get their music heard by connecting them with record labels, radio DJs, Spotify playlist curators, and now Drop Track is leveraging the power of AI to help you promote your music. It's super simple. All you have to do is upload your song and then Drop Track will write a professional, personalized press release that describes your music all in just seconds. Then Drop Track helps you share it with the world. You might ask yourself, Adam, why do I need a press release for my music? Well, you need a press release because you need to be able to describe your music in words. You can send the press release to record labels or radio programmers, media outlets, And these industry folk and your fans will actually be able to read about your music before they even press play on the song. This will also get them interested in your music so they want to listen to it. A really good friend of mine has been an independent musician for a number of years, written so many great songs. But he's like, why do I need a press release? So I explained to him the importance of the press release, being able to describe the music. People know what they're getting into before they even press play. He drops his song into Drop Track. It writes this beautiful press release. Then all he has to do is just send it out. Super simple. What are you waiting for? Get a press release for your own song. Try it now for free at www.droptrack.com. That's droptrack.com. That's D-R-O-P-T-R-A-C-K, Drop Track, droptrack.com. Check it out today. Where did you meet like Derek and, and them? Like, was this, I mean, this obviously is, before this oh, 2018. This is an interesting story. 
So we go back to the year 2003, July, wow, okay. 30, July 30th. Uh, we're on the Guess Who reunion tour, the original members. The last date of that tour was a, a date in Toronto called the SARS Festival. Okay. Featured the Rolling Stones, ACDC, Rush, the Guess Who, and many, many other Canadian acts and American acts. There were 500,000 people there. It was in aid of the SARS virus, which oh, was a which was yeah, a yeah. COVID, really. Yeah, I remember that. I remember, yeah, yeah the, the SARS. So, so that was like when I had just graduated from high school. I remember. Yeah, that. so it was held at an old aerodrome from World War II, where they would stage uh, flights to go over to Europe for the war, World uh -huh. War II, and it was also a place that Pope John Paul II did his visit to Canada there. Because it could hold that many people, right? Right, 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 right. 500,000? That's mad. I mean, that, I can't yeah, even it, imagine. It, it's like a whole city. Not, you can't <laughs> even see that far. You know? yeah. It becomes redundant. <laughs> so anyways, um, there was a big room there. They had hangers. And the, the Rolling Stones had their own hangar all fixed up with couches and you know everything, pool tables and everything they wanted there. We were in... a. a a common green room where everybody could come. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I were sitting at the table having um, a bite to eat and a drink. And this couple came up and the, the, the girl I, I noticed was, was she's famous in Canada and, and again in the States and all over the world, Sass Jordan. Okay. And I, I recognized her and she had this tall blonde guy with her long hair and they sat down and we had, we had lunch together and then they left and Sass was on the show. And, and I guess he was her musical director and band. That was Derek Sharp. No way. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time, but that was the last gig of the original band, that concert. Little did I know like five or six years later, I'd be auditioning him to come into the band. Did he remember and, meeting you at that at yeah, that lunch? Yes, it's in my book that's coming out. Oh, in the book. It, okay, that's exciting. It was a, it was like fate, really. Yeah, because the original band didn't stay together after that. I put my version of the Guess Who back together that we had for quite a while before the reunion, and then the singer that was in the band got heard in Australia in a car accident, uh, um, Carl Dixon, wow. his daughter was doing a, um, a film series over there for television called the saddle club. You can look that up. That was a big syndicated and he was over there visiting and he, he, he was in a car driving. They drive on the wrong side of the road. Uh -huh. he, he went to drive on the, on the right side the way we drive. Oh, wow. They had head on collision. So we had to get, we had to st stop and get someone else. Cause Carl like had like maybe 20 operations, lost his eye, you know, steel rod. And like, he's performing today. You can see him. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. So it sounds Carl, like he survived yeah. at least. So yeah. anyways, he had to do something to save the band. So Derek submitted a song to us. 
which is, by the way, on this album. Oh, really? He has submitted one of his own songs. Yeah. What, what song? Or can you tell me what song? Across the line. Go back and look at it. Oh, yeah. The, OK, the second song on the record. The ballad. It's a ballad. Yeah. yeah. And when I heard that, I said, this guy recorded this song. He wrote it. He pretty well did everything on, on that cut. I said, this guy is, that's like Paul McCartney. And I, I, so that's really how, how we got together. And then when we were talking later and he said, well, if you remember, and he reminded me about that story I told you. Wow. So that's kind of a, a, a terrific story. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, so Not he there? submits that song and you're like, okay. Oh, yeah, well, obviously, yeah, but it was like, okay, you guys are going to audition people for the band, and he submitted that song before his audition, or well, after he had already. No, when when we uh, our our keyboard player knew him. Oh, okay, Korea. got it. So so he suggested him, and then Derek submitted that, and we listened. Oh. To that was the end, and from there, the rest is history. Really. You Why know. did you guys decide to save the song until this album instead of doing it on that first? I, I don't. When when I always wanted to do record the song mm-hmm. and I, I Derek, I'm sure I don't think we had the band at that time to be able to do it. Oh, OK, we, we didn't have the singers. We didn't have the personnel. And it, it took us a while to be able to do that. And finally, we did it. And you hear the result now. Yeah. I was going to say, I could see why maybe you waited a bit now. If you look at the guys in our band right now, like we have uh, five guys in the band, four of them are lead singers. I mean, and really that becomes more like the Beatles. Sure. More like a bigger harmony. More like, more like queen, you know, Mm -hmm. guys really sing i mean i sang on all the hit records but i'm not really a singer you know i was i was croaking along in the background but, so now we have we have the ability to attempt you know and you, you you're hearing that on on the album the vocal backgrounds are quite spectacular on that yeah i didn't realize that i figured that was just like uh him going back and redoing vocals, like different takes and stuff, different harmonies. But it's uh, there's that many people can sing. Yeah, to give it that yeah. full of a sound. That's incredible. which makes. It, I mean, I didn't. I, I, I a song like the King is really hard. I didn't. You know, we had no idea what it would be doing it like like live. Mm-hmm. You know, but we have the technology to cover the the cello parts and and stuff that are that is not. You know, nobody in the band plays cello. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was a guy I think that played with ELO uh, that that did those parts on the album. So, um, wow! I thought I'd be sitting on stage at seventy eight years old doing a song like that on stage. Come on, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Really, it's it's interesting because we have there's eight cuts on the album. We're doing four half of the album on stage with all those big hits that takes really that takes a lot of courage and this and the first song of the night out of the intro Uh is king that's that's awesome that's the first thing you hear 
when you sit down at a Guess Who concert, and I, I'm, I'm sure people are going, what is this? But that's right. so cool because it's a great song. Uh-huh. And hopefully it, it kind of prods them to go and say, oh, I got to listen to this album. What is this? You know? Yeah. And, but, and I think that's awesome that you're doing half the album because yeah, instead yeah. of just being like, okay, here's one song from the new album, but we're going to play yeah, all we, the songs we, that everybody we, knows, we, right? We believe in this music and we put our hearts into this music. And I think people will get that out of, mm-hmm. out of the, the listening of it. And, and the whole thing, it, the whole theme of the album, Plan the Moor, is the Beatles said it, all you need is love. And we listened to that and lived like that for a while. I think we need more of that today. Oh, yeah. Is you that know, what it's, what is it, what is Plan de Moor in French? Love. Is that what it means? Full of love. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, okay. I thought so, because I thought uh, Plan was full when I was, because in the beginning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to figure out how to say this, but then I, Obviously, there's the song that well, he, that's old, the whole hook of the song. I'm like, oh, that helped. <laughs> there's an old, there's an old uh, pop song called Melody d'Amour. Uh-huh. It's Melody of Love. Yeah, melody of Love. Okay. Yeah. Of, of Love. The Amour. 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 Yeah. It's, it's similar in Spanish, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so the album and, and the videos are kind of pointed towards that old corny, all you need is love. People, I think people got to think, you know, that this is stupid. You know, what is that? Uh-huh. Um, we, we need to be more civil. We, we need to listen to each other, you know, and, and what each other thinks and believes. Because that's like this country, the United States. That's how it was founded by people who came here to live, you know, their lives the way they saw it within the scope of, of the law of the land, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, yeah. that's, that's, that's really important, you know, yeah. as long as it's good values and <laughs> how could love not be a good value, you know? Um, well, I yeah. love the album. I think, I think what you guys are doing is amazing. The fact that you're doing so many tour dates uh, throughout the end of this year. And, and I mean, you've got your schedule planned out basically through mid i mean through like what may of next year you guys oh, are doing you're playing so many shows even beyond that we play a lot of little places i love to go to not only the big places but to the heartland of any country mm-hmm. it's where the people live you know the people that make a, all the little towns that make up the united states or, or canada or any country that's where the the, peop, the people live, not only New York, which, I mean, I like going there, too, because the people are there, too. But, but you know, those those get all kinds of talent and all kinds of shows. I like I like going to the smaller, smaller places. And we're we're not on a, a, a set tour. We're on tour all year. Whenever, yeah. the, whenever the dates come in, we go out. That's the way it is. Wow. You know, it's not like, like, okay, we're going out for this month. No, because some months, you know, like for instance, this year, August was slow and July was slow. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing because it gives us time to start a new album or try to get things together to do, to do that. You know, we're, 
we're doing a, a, a video for every cut of the album. That's cool. So, so the last video from this album will be le- released in February next year. Oh, well, by, I was going to say, because people around me came out not that long ago, right? That was the, the most recent yeah. video. Yeah. And the next, the next one coming out is spaces. That'll be coming out in two weeks. And okay. then that will be, I think, Pursuit of No Regret. And then after that will be probably Across the Line. And then after that will be Free. So by the time we're finished, there will be eight videos for people to go back and look at. And That's and cool. good thing about that is, I guess, from a, people, they're free. Yeah. Yeah. And um, do you got, do you enjoy doing the videos still to this day? I don't, I don't so much. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not an actor. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm safe behind my drums where I don't have it's the guys out front are the, are the, the guys that are used to playing to the audience. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, it, it, I'm kind of, maybe I'm shy in, in, in a way because I've always been behind the drums and you just, you play your talking is done with what you play. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I been, uh, twirling sticks and, and all this stuff. I'm just, I, I supply a, a groove. Yeah. It's, you just are just solid to keep the band going. Right? Right, <laughs> so, so <laughs> the videos are, are, are for me sometimes awkward. Although the guys said to me the other day that I d- did a good job of, of adding humor to the videos. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't seem like uh, the, you know, introverted type when it, when well, at least I, no, I mean, it's that. like you, you, you're funny. You got this big personality. It's, yeah. it's interesting that you would be Well, I have bad knees. I have two <laughs> artificial knees. I have an artificial hip. I have both ulnar nerves and my elbow have been moved out of the channel because they were uh, causing me uh, um, numbness in my hands. I've had carpal tunnel. I've had uh, rotator cuff. I need two shoulder replacements, but I, I don't want to get them. So, so it, it precludes a lot of running around. It's <laughs> like the younger guys can do. Right. 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 So, uh, um, That's I mean, what I, happens when you play drums for 76 yeah, years, I guess. Yeah, I, used to ski. <laughs> <laughs> I loved skiing, uh, snow skiing uh, when I was younger and, and also playing golf. I, I have trouble with my shoulders now, so, but I could still play drums. And, and if God wills it, I, I would ask him, please don't take that away from me. Let me do that forever. Yes. And then I think we all, all want that. All the other, all the other uh, activities. So yeah, <laughs> but it's fun doing the videos cause it's uh, interpretive of, of our, of our songs, you know, mm-hmm. And kind of tongue in cheek more than anything for um, we just did one that's kind of like a space thing where an alien comes down and he, and he watches all the people on the planet and they, they've got these things in their hands. They're like mesmerized with them and, and, and they can't see the beauty that's surrounding them for these things. And that's going to be uh, the video for Across the Line. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait to see it. I, yeah. Again, I, I like the, the one that the most recent one that you guys just put out because it's a really, really cool video uh, for people around me. Oh, people around me. Yeah. yeah. Again, 
uh, spaces. And all, all of these things are, are, are just observations on what we're doing collectively as a society at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should take a step back and just smell the roses. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gary, you've been awesome. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I know. I, I love that you said it because you, you're talking about, you know, how you guys spend, you love going to New York and, and these bigger te- cities, but you play sm- smaller, you know, smaller towns that maybe won't get a band like you to come through. And the one that just stuck out to me, I didn't even notice it's the first time I look at your, 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 your tour dates, but my parents or my, my family, and even back to my dad's dad, they're from Lorraine, Ohio, which is oh, by was, Cleveland. We played the Lorraine County Fair. It was incredible. You're playing Lorraine again and next year. Uh, yeah. 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 And I, when I looked at that, I went, how could we be going back to such <laughs> all place again? <laughs> when year? did you play the Lorraine County fair? Was this a uh, long time ago? A month ago. Oh, recently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is awesome. Cause I saw that. I'm like, damn, like that's right around my son's birthday. Maybe we'll have to take him up to Ohio to, yeah. To it's catch so a guess small. who show. It's such a small place that the, the hotel we had to stay at was like so far away. The roads <laughs> we took to get to the, the county fairgrounds. I went, where are we going? You know? <laughs> right. There's not much. <laughs> yeah, it's right but, there on the lake, but well, it's not a whole lot going on. But there's the people from this country. The people that, that, that make up the United States of America and Canada. That's where they live. Mm-hmm. They live in all these places. And that, that's what helps to make this country so great. They're out there working on the farms and doing this and working at that so that we, we have a, a, a great life, you know, and, and we never forget that. I, I don't because we see it all the time. We get, we get to see all of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your time, Gary. I'm definitely going to have to come see you guys. I know you're playing somewhere in Tennessee. I saw too, but I'm not, I we're so new to this uh, area. Gelatin. I don't know. You're Is playing like Gelatin? you're playing. Oh, Gelatin. Greenville, Greenville, Tennessee. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'd have to Google, see how far away that is. Yeah. But Atlanta, I, you're doing Atlanta too. That's a few hour drive, but I'll goal. make the trip up to, yeah. I'll make the trip to Lorraine to see my family and then see you. <laughs> I <laughs> one of my big goals is to to play the Ryman. Oh, which, we can make that. We'll make that happen. Which which uh, we have a connection to because we did the and somebody just asked me uh, interviewed just before this about the Johnny Cash show, which is which was from the the stage of the Grand Old Opry. Yeah, yeah. It's the Ryman. We did that show. We did share the land and. Uh, Hand me down world on that show. Wow. And I would love to go back and play a concert on that stage. Yes. Did you play the Grand Ole Opry or you played at actually at the Ryman for that? For it that was show? the Grand Ole Opry when, when, when Johnny Cash was filling, filming the show from there. Okay. All the Ryman at that time. That's yeah, 1970. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to, cause I can't remember if it started. It did start there as the, the Ryman building was the Grand Ole Opry and then they moved Grand it. Opry. The yeah, red, and then, yeah, yeah, the red one. Yeah, okay. Because now so, it's moved, where the yeah. but it's that's, still the Ryman's still part of it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's amazing. It. 
Well, yeah. Gary, I have one more question for you before I let you go. I want to know if you have, if you were to give some advice to an aspiring artist, what advice would you give to that person? Well, I, I just answered this question not long ago, and I, it's, it's what we did. Listen to all kinds of music. See if you can play all kinds of music, learn to play all kinds of music. And always and something that I didn't have, which I wish uh, it's my greatest regret in life, is that I had, didn't have formal training on my instrument. I mean, there was nowhere in Winnipeg at the time where I could learn to play drums or go to college, um, you know, go to Juilliard or, or wherever, all the great music schools. It's invaluable. And so many drummers today have had that. Uh, I, I wish I, I'd had the opportunity. My training was seat of the pants on the drum stool. Go one, two, three, go one, two, three, four, go. There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously it's, it's, it's listen, listen to it and learn to play as much music as you can on your instrument. Mm -hmm. And then if you choose one field, well, again, same, same thing, learn it and, and play it. You have to play them. You, you've got to play it, it, one. It's one thing listening but you have to try out what you learned.